When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy Festivus. Happy Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy whatever else you celebrate during these times. Uh, This is the NFL Week 16 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast, and it is also the first college basketball episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. That's right. I thought I was going to hold off until the new year, but uh, I've kind of been handicapping games silently over the past little while, and I feel comfortable enough with my handicapping, uh, that I'm ready to put out college basketball picks. So on this special episode of the podcast, I'm going to give out two college basketball picks for Christmas Day. Uh, If you follow me on Twitter, you might have seen my video announcement today on Wednesday saying that I was going to give out picks, and I said I was going to give out picks tomorrow. Uh, And then I probably should have handicapped college basketball before I put out that video, because then I went to go actually handicap the games, and I realized there's no games on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Uh, But there are lines out already for the Christmas Day games, a few good matchups, so so I just went ahead and just handicapped those games. So uh, whatever, I got two bets locked in for Christmas Day in college basketball. I got um, my football bets. We're going to do it a little bit differently uh, for the football uh, portion of the show as well. Um, usually what I do in these episodes is I have notes for my NFL picks. Uh, I usually have write up like three to 4,000 words worth of notes. Uh, and every single game I have down statistics. I have down my pick. I have everything all ready and set to go before I sit down to record, uh, the podcast this week. I don't have that. Uh, it's Christmas week. Today's the 23rd. I'm almost recording this at midnight, so it's almost Christmas Eve. So you can imagine how busy I've been. I've been driving all over the province, visiting um, uh, family a couple times, and I'll be gone again tomorrow. Um, so I haven't, I just haven't had a lot of time this week between uh, the work I got to do for Odd Shark and then just Christmas activities. So um, I didn't have four to five hours to sit down and write detailed notes for every single pick. So we're going to do it a little bit differently this week. I'm going to handicap as I go. Um, Now, I'm not going to sit here and make you guys listen to me type out stuff and slowly look up stats and things like that. But really, we should be all right. I've looked at every single team's stats every single week of the NFL season. There's been 15 weeks. We're on week 16. So I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what teams are good at, what uh, what, what things teams are bad at. By this point of the NFL season. So I don't think actually looking up each individual team statistics, writing down notes, things like that, uh, will be too much different from what I will pick just by looking at the games and deciding on the fly. So we'll see how this is going to go. It might be an absolute disaster if there's a week that you want to fade me. This might be the week. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Let me know uh, if you like it this way better. I don't know. I have no idea how this podcast is going to go. I haven't recorded this uh, the, the next portion yet. So we're, we're doing... We're, fuck it! We'll do it live! is basically the theme to this podcast. I do have a couple notes for my college basketball picks, though. Um, A lot of you are probably listening because you want to get my college basketball picks. Um, Just a quick note about that as well. I know a lot of people liked my college basketball uh, picks on Twitter last year and how I did the write-up. I would give the pick. I would give the few bullet points, the few main bullet points why I like the pick. Don't worry. I will be doing that throughout the college basketball season. 
Um, but with it being a little bit of an event, my first college basketball bets of the year, um, I'm giving them out on the on the podcast and not on Twitter. So I apologize that you had to come over and listen to my voice so you get my college basketball picks. But hey, sending tweets doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> I have to direct you to some other con- pieces of content. So I'm directing to the podcast for the first episode. There will probably be other episodes where I'll break down um, my college basketball picks and not give them on Twitter. But the large majority of times, I will give my college basketball picks on Twitter like I did last year. Because I know that's the easiest to consume. You don't have to listen to my voice. Um, and I know that's what people are, are looking for mainly. So don't worry. This is not. I'm not just going to keep my picks to podcast only like I have NFL picks. I will tweet out college basketball picks. But for the Christmas Day games, I'm sorry you have to listen to my voice. Now, I will get into those college basketball picks, but as is tradition on the Bacon Bets podcast, I do need to review last week in the NFL first. Um, Actually, by the way, let me just, uh, I looked up what my college basketball record was last season. Uh, If anyone's curious, I'll probably repeat it before I give the picks. Um, But the reason why so many people are looking for for my college basketball picks is because I did well last season. I actually did well the past two seasons. Now, two years ago, I didn't record my record, so uh, I don't know exactly how well I did I know I did really well and then March Madness I actually had terrible I did terrible in March Madness this past season I did very 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 well I was looking forward to March Madness I was going to change up my strategy a little bit during March Madness and what I did the year before um, I was curious to see how I was going to how I was going to do uh, and then everything got fucking canceled we all know that COVID canceled everything um, big reason why the year before why I did bad in March Madness once you get out of conference and this is why I kind of wait until now slash January to start betting on college basketball because out of conference games are so hard to handicap a team might look fantastic in their conference and then they play someone outside their conference and shit the bed so that's why I did bad in March Madness a couple years ago I was going to change up my strategy a bit this past year didn't get a chance to but regardless new college basketball season hopefully we'll do close to as good as we did last year and then we'll see how March uh, Madness goes in 2021 so my Record last year, and this was all spreads and totals, by the way, all one-unit plays. I don't do that thing that people like to do where they do like a unit and a half on this, three units on this, four units on this, five units on this, two units on this. That's stupid. That's not good betting practice. Um, Your confidence level literally means nothing. You should bet the exact same amount on every single play. Maybe not every single one, because uh, me and myself, I, I, I admit, every now and then I'll do a two-unit play. Maybe once a year I'll do a three-unit play. Um, maybe once every six months a three-unit play. Uh, but for like the large, 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 large majority of time, they're all one-unit plays. So last year, everything was one unit. I did one Moneyline underdog pick all year and ended up losing, so it doesn't even count um, as far as wins or, or my unit total. So everything's let's everything spreads totals last year. I went 135, 96, and 2 for plus 26.85 units. Uh, So if you don't want to do the math, that's a win rate of 58.44%. Now, if you're new to sports betting, that may not seem much, but that is very good if I can pat myself on the back there. If I can, if I know, if I can hit around 58% for the next couple of years, then that's at the point where I might be able to bet big, big money throughout the entire season and be comfortable with it. A 58.44% uh, season uh, would be a very good season for a professional better. Now, maybe the last two seasons um, I've just got a little bit lucky. Maybe last year I got extra lucky. I don't know. We'll see. We're going to learn together. But I think I have a hang of how to handicap college basketball. It's my favorite sport to bet on. It's my most comfortable sport to bet on. 
Um, and now watch, I'll go 0 and 2 here on the opening day, and I'll just have a shitty season. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ruling that out. I will not stand on a mountain and say that I'm the best college basketball better on the planet. I will not go on Twitter and tweet that. I will not send DMs to other people saying that they aren't on my level. Uh, we have seen that from other handicappers on Twitter. Um, who may or may not have sent myself an aggressive DM saying that, and then may or may not have gone on uh, one of the worst cold streaks I've ever seen. Um, and then they may or may not have tweeted a couple days ago uh, making excuses about how if they didn't have so many beats they would have or bad beats, they would have been up a million units. I won't do that. I won't follow in the footsteps um, that other Twitter handicappers do uh, without hand- naming any names. I will not turn into a Twitter tout either. If I keep on winning at this high of rate for the next five years, you will not see me selling newsletters for 50 bucks a week. You won't see me selling picks either. Uh, so you take what you get with me. If I'm good, I'll say I'm good. I'll say what's going right. I'll say, if I'm bad, I'll say what's going wrong. Um, at the end of the day, whether I win or lose, it's on me. I won't sell picks. I won't call myself the best handicapper of all time. I know that I'm not. I'm a, I don't have my head shoved up my ass like ever, like other uh, sports betting accounts, sports betting people are on Twitter without naming names. Once again, you see, you get what you get with me. Uh, so yeah, that was my college basketball record. Uh, but before we get into that, before we get into the intro, we talked about last week, uh, uh, in, in NFL, we always do. And it wasn't a good week to be fair. It wasn't, uh, I think it's either my third worst or second worst week of the season last week. I think my worst week was still week one. And then I had, where would, like, week 10 maybe was bad? Maybe week 11, there was a week in there that uh, as well that was, was pretty bad. This one wasn't good. 6, 9, and 1 for minus 3.5 units. So bad week. It's a bad week. They happen. I'm not going to be profitable every single week. It's just not going to happen. Um... So that brings my total record. Good news is I'm still in the in the double digits as far as unit profit so far this season. So season to date record, 117, 101, and 5 for plus 10.99 units. So still profitable, and we only got two weeks to go. So let's have a profitable week this week. I uh, don't need to win a lot. Let's just win a little bit. Let's. I want to keep my units above that double digit mark, above 10. If I can do that, I'll be happy. Realistically, if I just end in the profit, I'll be happy as well. But I mean, I... I'd have to collapse these last two weeks to, to finish uh, in the red. Uh, but I've wasted too much time. Let's really quick just go through last week's game. Quick comment about each one. Uh, what was the Thursday night? Or Chargers plus three, minus 105. Uh, that one, I, I mean, I barely remember that game. It feels like a lifetime ago. Um, but you would think going heading into the weekend at 1-0, and I'd finish better in 6-9-1. and But I guess I didn't. Uh, Bills-Broncos, that's right, Saturday game. Bills-Broncos under 50. That wasn't even close. Uh, Broncos defense didn't show up. Bills offense continues to roll. Uh, and then the Broncos scored a couple points as well. So, uh, bad handicap, bad game on my part. Panthers plus eight and a half minus one Oh five against the Packers that hit once again, Saturday games. I barely remember. I think I was pretty drunk during that game if I'm being honest. So I don't remember. Did the Panthers kick a field goal late to cover something? Something tells me that they did. Uh, but so I was two and one heading into Sunday. I was looking good and then disaster hit on Sunday. Shit hit the fan, especially in the early uh, the early afternoon games. I went 2-6 and six on Sunday. Not good. Uh, so let's get into those right now. Texans plus 270 against the Colts. This is my Moneyline Underdog of the Week, uh, and I got aggressive with it, and it came down to the last play. The Texans were driving, and uh, Deshaun Watson hit 
um, who was a Kiki Kuti, I believe, and he fumbled on the one-yard line, Colts recover and loss. So that's <laughs> two out of the past three weeks the Texans have lost to the Colts because of a fumble on the one-yard line. Now, to be fair, I'm always going to be fair, this time, if they scored a touchdown, they would have still had to kick the extra point, and that still would have only tied it. So they probably would have went into overtime. So um, as much as I kind of want to say, was it a bad beat? It, it was unlucky. There was a chance there that they still could have won. Uh, I would I would have called it a bad beat for plus seven betters, people who had Texans plus seven, because if they score there, very light. Well, yeah, it would have been impossible that they were lost by seven. Um, but... I had the money line. Who knows what would have happened in overtime? Who knows if they would have made the extra point? Um, it was an aggressive play, a plus 270. But, I mean, hey, it come, came right down to the last play. So, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with It's a stinger, but I'm fine with it. Um, I'm definitely not going to call it a bad beat and then go through my first 15 weeks of betting, find out all the bad beats, uh, add up what my record should have been if those bad beats didn't happen, uh, and then tweet about how my record should be about plus 50 units because bad beats apparently shouldn't happen to me. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Other n- people who bet on NFL that I won't name apparently do do that, um, which is completely insane. Like as if bat, like as if everyone should be immune to bad beats. It's, uh, I I don't want to get into it. Uh, Vikings minus three minus one twenty five against the Bears. That didn't hit. Uh, somewhat close. The Vikings had a couple chances where it looked like they might come back and win the game. They didn't. Uh, whatever. Uh, Bears offenses look good recently to be, to be fair to the Bears. Trubisky looks to be the better choice over Foles. Who knows how the Bears, uh, season would be looking right now if they just kept with Trubisky. I don't know. Maybe they'd have a better record. I would assume maybe if, if he's been playing as well, uh, as he has the past couple games, he was able to play that all year, but who knows? Lions plus 10 and a half minus 105 against the Titans. That Looked like it had a chance, and then Titans pulled away at the end. Ravens minus 13, minus 105 against the Jaguars. Uh, that hit killed the Jaguars. Uh, Patriots plus two against the Dolphins did not hit. Uh, looked like it was going to for a while. Dolphins pulled away at the end. 49ers minus three against Cowboys. Nick Mullins sucks. Um, bad handicap on my end as well, I guess. Uh, lost there. Washington plus six. That was a winner for me, thankfully. Uh, Seahawks struggle when they're playing against good defenses. Bucks minus six against the Falcons. I mean, I'm very, I'm, I, I, so this is something I've learned to go back to the bad beats thing. This is something that I'm learning throughout this NFL season is because so many games come down to a couple of plays. So many, more come down to like one or two plays that decide the spread more than what are like easy spread covers one side or the other. So I'm hesitant to call anything a bad beat outside of something that happens on the very last play of the game, like the Browns against the Ravens last week on Monday Night Football when the safety in the last play of the game uh, gave the uh, the Ravens a cover and Browns betters lost. That was a bad beat. I, I now, it's a new me, I struggle to say bad beat for most games now where other people <clears throat> that I won't name would call a bad beat. Bucks minus six against the Falcons. They were in Falcons t- territory late. They could have kicked a field goal to cover the spread. The Falcons went for it on fourth down, obviously, tried to win the game, didn't didn't get it in their own end. So Bucks had the ball in their own end. If they got stopped, they could have kicked a field goal to cover. Uh, and then it was like third and five, Leonard Fournette. It didn't look like he got the first down. They came out and measured, and when they measured, the stick was like an inch in front of the ball, but they s- still called it first down. Uh, so then because they got the first down, they could just knee, and the game was over. Now, if they would have not called that, now people are calling that a bad bet, but we don't know that if they would have called that fourth down that the Bucks would have gone ahead and kicked the field goal. They might have just tried to get an inch and just seal the game, maybe. 
Um, and really, the Bucks shouldn't have covered. It's not really a bad beat when the Bucks were losing all game. Is they were down 17 nothing at half. It's not like they were up all game and then Falcons got a backdoor cover. So I wouldn't call that a bad beat. Um, I, I would call that a stinger. Uh, Chiefs minus three against Saints. Another one. Do you call that a bad beat? Chiefs dominated the Saints all game. Saints got the backdoor cover for sure at the end of the game. They were down 10, scored a touchdown to make it a three-point game. I don't know if I'd call it a bad beat, though. I'm hesitant. <clears throat> but that was a push. Uh, so it wasn't a loss. It was a push, I guess. Uh, Jets-Rams under 44. I'm very happy I did not take the Rams because I talked about it in last week's episode. I was very close to taking the Rams, but I like the under a little bit better. And then the Jets <laughs> won the game. But the, the under hit. Under 44, Eagles plus six, even money against the Cardinals. That was a loss. Once again, it was a seven-point loss. Um, so they're right there. Jalen Hurts went down at the end of the game, could have scored a touchdown, could have tied the game, which would have at least uh, caused a push if it went into overtime, but it didn't. This is just a week where I'm not saying I had bad beats. It's just bounces didn't go my way. They just didn't, and more, way, way more often than what they went my way. Um, Browns minus five against the Giants. That was easy Sunday night football. And then Steelers minus 13. Well, that wasn't even fucking close. Uh, they lost out right to the Bengals. Uh, final comment before we get in the show. My intro is way longer than it usually is, and I apologize for that. Uh, but the Rams and Steelers showed us something here, and it's something that you need to keep in mind as a sports better. Shit happens. Nothing is a guarantee in sports. There is nothing that you could have looked at as far as statistics, as far as trends, as far as anything leading up into either of these games that the Jets and the Bengals were going to beat the Rams and the Steelers outright. They were literally the two worst offenses going up against the two worst defenses. In the Jets and Rams case, it was the worst team in net yards per play going up against the best team in net yards per play. And the Jets won outright. This is why the sport is played there are so many variables that go into a sporting event. So many different outcomes can happen. If they, if the Jets and Rams play that game 98 times or 100 times, the Rams probably win 98 of the time. But that means there's twice, uh, there's a 2% possibility the Jets win. Now, it's probably not that exaggerated, but you get my point. That is why when I see Twitter touts um, guarantee that they're going to hit at a certain rate or they guarantee a win or they think something's an absolute lock, nothing is. The Rams' money line, you would have thought, there's 0% chance it would have lost, and it lost. Shit happens in sports. It just does. That's why we watch. That's why it's so entertaining. Anything can happen. Not a single stat that you could have looked at. There was no way you could have handicapped those games and come out with the idea that the Bengals and Jets were going to win outright. You guys follow that Cash King guy at all? Um, I've talked about him on the podcast before, a guy who uh, Twitter tout, ended up selling picks. I got into beef with him one time, um, got followers because he bet in, in a stupid amount on Colin Morikawa a couple times in some PGA Tour tournaments, and he won for him. Um, and then, he, I mean, he throws out like $5,000 parlays. He clearly just comes for money and um, throws out very stupid, stupid bets. Uh, and he's unironically claimed on Twitter that he's the greatest sports handicapper alive. Uh, and then he bet a bunch of people the Nuggets were going to beat the Lakers, I think, in the Western Conference Final. Um, 100K each, and he obviously lost, so he owes hundreds of thousands of dollars to these people. Instead of paying up, he uh, protected his Twitter account so no one could follow him or no one could uh, see his tweets. 
Um, and now a couple weeks ago, he's unblocked his account, unlocked it. Uh, he said he's back, and he sent out a tweet saying um, he realized he still owes these people hundreds of thousands of dollars, but he's going to go. He guarantees he's going to go ninety percent in with his college basketball bets and win enough money to pay people back that way. Um, which is, I mean, the best sports bettors are alive. The best sports season a sports better could hope for, a professional sports better, is like 60%. But somehow this guy's going to get hit at, a, hit at a 30% higher rate. Um, because, I mean, sports are easy to predict. Who couldn't predict the Jets and the Bengals winning uh, outright? Uh, how's this motherfucker doing anyways? Let me check out his Twitter timeline. These, like, stupid Twitter totes just fucking, like, their tweets are so annoying. I don't know how how anyone can follow them. Like, he just tweets, like, every five seconds, just random shit. Fuck it, rally dip, he says. Another tweet, they don't miss. Another tweet, I mean, this team is incredible. Looks like they should have 95 right now. Another tweet. I Like, that's just a foul. Another tweet, they hit every big shot, can't even be mad. Like, dude, shut up. Fucking scale it back. And then when he hits one bet, he thinks it's he's the greatest sports better alive. And then if he goes on a cold streak, then the haters need to shut up and remember that one hot streak he went on before. I'm fucking in a mood today. I'll tell you guys that. Anyways, Cash O King, bum, don't follow him. Don't try to bet your money with him. Uh, he's another uh, Jersey Shore reject who tries to uh, scam people out of their money uh, by being a Twitter tone. Um, but that's all I got for you. Let's head into the actual portion of the show here. This has been the longest intro ever, and I apologize, um, but it's Festivus shit happens. Festivus for the rest of us. Let's get into the college basketball picks for Christmas Day and my NFL Week 16 bets because it is the NFL Week 16. It is the Festivus edition of the Bacon Bets podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Utility man. All right, let's get into college basketball picks. Once again, just to reiterate, last season I went 135, 96, and 2 for plus 26.85 units. All spreads and totals, win rate of 58.44%. Now, that's about as good of a season as you can get betting just spreads and totals. I will let you know, I have two picks on this show. If you tail me last year and you won with me, just because I'm putting out two picks, just because it's my first two picks, does not mean that you should bet a lot of money. I might go 0-2 here. That is very possible. I went on cold streaks last year. I'll go on cold streaks again this year. And this is the earliest I've started betting on college basketball. So with the warnings out there, here are my two picks for Christmas Day. And it's actually a good slate of games as well. First pick, Wisconsin and Michigan State. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am backing for my first college basketball bet of the season. Wisconsin minus one, minus 110 against Michigan State. So I looked at the line. My gut feeling was Michigan State because I think people are overvaluing their loss to Northwestern in their last game. Um, and also it looks like Joey Hauser is going to be back. It looks like he won't miss any time. But I looked into the stats, and that's why I look into the stats because they will change my gut feeling quite often. So I'm going to back Wisconsin minus one. Now, if you didn't follow me along in college basketball last year and you don't really understand how I handicap the games, it is almost 100% stats-based. I will admit, I'm very honest with you guys, I'm not 
uh, a name guy. I'm not a guy who I know the starting five for every team. I don't know who guys recruit. I don't know guys who leave. I know some. I do kind of pay attention to it. Um, but I'm, I'm not a guy that can just rattle off the starters for every team and handicap things that way. I'm very, very stats-based. The team names don't matter to me. The player names don't matter to me. All that matters to me is their output that then results in stats. Um, now, people have asked me, they want me to go through how exactly I handicap college basketball games. Um, I will kind of go through that in the future. I'm not going to do it on this episode. But I will say there is one stat that is my favorite stat to use when looking at college basketball. And I've talked about this in the past, but just in case you're new, and that's floor percentage. What floor percentage is, it is the amount of a team's possessions that result in at least one point being scored. So that means, obviously, a normal two-point shot, a three-point shot, or they get fouled and hit at least one of the two free throws. So floor percentage is the percentage of possessions that result in at least one point being scored. That is my favorite uh, uh, stat to handicap handicap college basketball. It is always my baseline. It is always the first thing I look at. And then, of course, opponent floor percentage, which would be the same thing, but it basically looks at how a team is on defense. Um... So yeah, if I if I reference floor percentage, that is what it means, but I'm very stats-based. Let's get into the ones that stick out to me the most in this Wisconsin-Michigan State game. Now, I will say because the conference play just started, they did have slightly different strengths of schedule. Wisconsin did have an, a slightly easier strength of schedule so far. Uh, their only tough game was, or their only ranked opponent was Louisville. They absolutely crushed them, 85-48. Michigan State played Duke, who was ranked, beat them, and they also beat Notre Dame. Uh, handedly, I think by 10 points. Um, Wisconsin, their only loss this season came to um, Marquette. They lost by two points to Marquette as well. So uh, those are a couple things to keep in mind. By the way, you don't have to tell me. Fade me if you want. I don't give a shit. Um, Defense. Big thing that I like in this game and why I like Wisconsin is their defense. Their defense has been absolutely lights out so far this season. Wisconsin, 11th in opponent shooting percentage. So teams are only shooting 36.2% against Wisconsin so far this season. Michigan State, 103rd in that category, 41.3%. And then we look at opponent floor percentage. So once again, for the third time, opponent floor percentage would be the amount of your opponent's possessions that result in at least one point. Wisconsin, 20th in the country in opponent floor percentage so far. Teams are only scoring a point on 39.9% of possessions against them, which is very, very... I mean, they're not, not going to keep that up throughout the season, but that's very good so far, especially or even with the weaker schedule. Michigan State, 127th in opponent floor percentage. Teams are scoring a point of 44.8% of their possessions. So big defensive advantage so far this season goes to Wisconsin. Uh, then we look at just normal floor percentage. Wisconsin, 37th. Michigan State, 78th advantage there. Um... Big advantage here as well, and this is something that uh, in the next game is a big advantage as well, and that's turnovers. Turnovers are big in college basketball. Wisconsin, third fewest turnovers per possession. Only 12.4% of their possessions result in a turnover, and that would be a turnover would be, of course, uh, the opponent steals the ball off you, uh, you step out of bounds, uh, offensive foul, um, anything like that. Uh, shot clock. Michigan State, 144th, 18.7% of Michigan State's um, turn uh, possessions result in a turnover. So defense, advantage Wisconsin. Turnovers, advantage Wisconsin. Effective possession ratio, advantage Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin as well. 
uh, 42nd to Michigan State, 108th. I will say Michigan State does have one advantage right now, which does worry me a little bit in this game, and that's rebounding. Michigan State, one of the best rebounding teams in the country so far, 16th in rebounding percentage. Wisconsin's not bad, though, 85th percent. Um, but a lot of stats, especially defensive stats, favor Wisconsin going into this game. Um, I think the line is only a one point in favor of Wisconsin because early season people liked it, like Michigan State. They like their history. They know Tom Izzo. Hard to bet against Tom Izzo. Hard to bet. Hard to bet against Michigan State. But the numbers, especially on the defensive side and the turnovers, point me towards Michigan or Wisconsin. So I will be taking in my first college bat official college basketball bet of this season: Wisconsin minus one, minus one ten against Michigan State. Second pick: Maryland Purdue. I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm taking Maryland plus five minus 110 against Purdue. So I'll start right with turnovers because that's what I already mentioned. Maryland 57th in turnovers per possession. Purdue 222nd in turnovers per possession so far this season. They are turning the ball over way too much. Now you can get away with that when you're playing against out of conference opponents that, that aren't very good, that aren't going to be able to capitalize on those turnovers. You will not... Get away with that with conference opponents for Purdue. Just not going to happen. Uh, Big Ten opponents will take advantage of that. I expect Maryland to do it. I'm surprised the spread is this big. Maryland also has an advantage in floor percentage. Maryland 17th in floor percentage. Purdue 102nd. Um, This is actually interesting. Opponent field goal percentage, so opponent shooting percentage, they're actually right next to each other. They're 128th and 129th, uh, ironically. Um, so wash their opponent floor percentage. Now, uh, Maryland slight advantage 71st or Purdue 88th. Um, just like the first game though, Purdue does have a rebounding advantage. Purdue 21st in rebounding. And that's actually why they've had, uh, their success this season so far has come a, a big part of it is because of their rebounding efficiency, but Maryland's pretty good as well. It's not that big of a difference. Purdue's 21st in rebounding Maryland's 52nd. So Maryland should be able to kind of even out the one statistic Purdue has had a big advantage in against previous opponents. Um, And then the turnovers is the biggest one. It's hard for me to bet on a team to cover a five-point spread against a conference opponent when they are 222nd in turnovers per possession. So there you go, friends. You've been DMing me. You've been tweeting at me. uh, Asking for my college basketball picks. You wanted me to start as soon as possible. There you have it. Christmas Day, little Christmas gift to you guys. Wisconsin minus one, minus one ten against Michigan State, and then Maryland plus five against Purdue, and that's minus one ten as well. Let's fucking have a season, friends. Let's have another good season. So that's it. Those are two college basketball picks. Let's get into my NFL picks for Week 16. Now, like I mentioned in the intro, I did not. Um, I did not lock these picks in already. I did not write down notes. Usually I have three to 4,000 words worth of notes for my NFL picks. Usually I already have them locked in. I will be locking them in as we go tonight. I already feel like I know these teams enough. Um, if you didn't listen to the intro, I feel like I already know these teams enough. I don't need to look through them. And I've been super busy this week. I haven't. It's Christmas. I haven't had four to five hours to sit down and write down 4,000 notes about every single week 16 game. So we're doing it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Uh, let's start with, uh, the Christmas day game. And already I'm looking at this. I'm like, shit, I wish I kind of handicapped this game. Vikings saints, by the way, all these lines are per Bovada. Um, Vikings saints. Fuck. 
I'm going Vikings. I'm going Vikings plus seven. I don't know. I don't trust Drew Brees, even though even though they pushed the the spread push against the Chiefs last week. I mean, Drew Brees, especially at the start of the game, did not look good for for me to bet on a favorite that's a touchdown or over. I need to see a significant difference between these two teams. Um, and Vik, I mean, Vikings aren't a bad team. They're not bad. They beat the Packers earlier this season, didn't they? Uh, I am going to bring up one page here. I'm not going to spend my, it's not like I'm going to look at every game and then take five minutes looking up the different stats. That'd be boring for a podcast. I will have one page open though. It's going to be net yards per play. So I at least have something to base it off of saints plus 0.7 net yards per play Vikings plus 0.3. I'm t- I, th- I think it, if it was under a touchdown, I'll probably go saints saints, but that touchdown mark, let me go Vikings plus seven. I'm locking it in right now. And it's at minus minus one twenty at Bovada. That's, I mean, that's my pick. I don't know how I feel about the strategy, not handicapping games beforehand and writing down notes. Uh, this could be a disaster. All right, Bucks lines minus nine and a half for the Bucks on the road against the Lions. Uh, over under 54. That seems like a high total, doesn't it? Seems like a high spread as well, minus nine and a half. Uh, Buccaneers should tear apart this Lions pass defense, though. Once again, I want to reiterate, this is not how I normally handicap. Usually I take my time. It takes me like 30 minutes per game. <laughs> Instead, I'm doing it in 30 seconds. Buccaneers, no, that's, I mean, it's over a touchdown. It's under 10 points. 54 is the total, though. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. I think the Bucks defense might be able to keep the Lions offense in check enough for this to go under. Yeah, I don't trust the Lions offense to help to be able to get to that point. And the Bucks offense, I mean, at times they've looked lackluster this year. All right, under 54. That's my pick for that that game. This is a terrible strategy. I'm going to go 0-16 this week. 49ers, Cardinals. Okay, this one, no-brainer. I'm taking Cardinals minus 5. CJ Beathard's getting the start for the 49ers. That was announced earlier today. Um, he throws a lot of picks, uh, even more than Nick Mullen, surprisingly. Um, and I think I've bet on the, the 49ers a couple times the past few weeks. Until they get Jimmy G back next season, I'm not back in the 49ers. A quarterback situation is a fucking shit show. If they find themselves in a situation where they need to come from behind, they're fucked. Um, like they were last week against the Cowboys. So uh, I'll take uh, I'll take the Cardinals there. For, I mean, I've talked about this about the 49ers in the past. They're average at everything. So they're a hard team to handicap. The five points for the Cardinals at home. I'll lay it. I'll lay it. Cardinals minus five, minus one fifteen. Dolphins Raiders. So three of the picks I've actually already uh, actually did handicap and I broke down on guys and bets earlier today. So if you already see me on guys and bets, you already know three of my picks. So I won't spend too much time on them. One of them is uh, Raiders plus three. It's at minus one hundred five right now. Is minus one ten when I locked in earlier today. So I'll go for minus one ten. Um, I mean I've, I've ranted about the Dolphins plenty of times before. Uh, and I talked about it on guys and bets uh, today as well. And I'm dying. I'm just dying on the hill of I don't think they're as good as what their record is. Uh, I mean, the, the most obvious thing to look at is net yards per play. So last place in net yards per play got Jets minus one point two, then Bengals a minus one point one. Both obvious. Jaguars minus one. Yeah, those three teams are the worst teams in the NFL. It makes sense. Fourth last, you have my poor Falcons at minus zero point six, and then in fifth last. Grouped right there with the four teams that have a combined nine wins between them are the Miami Dolphins. Their net yards per play is minus 0.5. And then next on the list, you have the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Lions, Patriots, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, and then finally you reach the next playoff team on the list, the Washington football team leaders of the NFC East at 6-8. and eight. 
And then you have a couple teams after that as uh, as well before you get the actual playoff team. So the Dolphins, even though they're like right there in the playoff hunt, I don't know if they're technically the seventh seed right now or not, but they're right there in the playoff hunt. Their stats are as bad as the Falcons, Cowboys, Jaguars, Bengals, and Jets. So, um, but they keep covering. So fuck me. I mean, fuck me if they keep covering. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to say. I like. I bet on stats, and the stats are telling me the Dolphins shouldn't be covering, and then they continue to cover. So I'm just gonna die on the hill. Give me Raiders plus three on Saturday night. Uh, I haven't made my Caber Cup picks yet. That will be one though. That that will be one. Uh, Falcons Chiefs. This is another one I gave on guys and bets earlier today as well. I'm going over 54 for that one. Um, is that what I got of that earlier today? That seems yeah, 54. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a field day. He could play blindfold and put up 800 yards against his Falcons defense. Their secondary sucks. They don't pressure the quarterback. They don't do anything well on defense. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a field day. Falcons' big issue with the Falcons scoring points is they can't put it in the in the red zone. They stall and kick a field goal almost every time. But uh, the Chiefs are dead last in red zone defense. So if there's a team that they can get in the end zone against once they get to the red zone, it is the Chiefs. Uh, and I think the Falcons will have to play aggressive to beat this Chiefs team because they're not going to be able to run the ball and beat them the way that most teams are able to beat the Chiefs. So I think they're going to get aggressive, score points. I'll take the over 54 in that one. Bears-Jaguars. I'm taking the Jaguars plus 7.5. Uh, the Bears' offense has looked a lot better the past few weeks, but it's still the Bears' offense. I refuse to believe that they're actually a good offensive unit. Um, Gardner Minshew looked bad last week. Is he starting for the Jaguars this week? I don't know. This is probably something I should know. Uh, Gardner Minshew. Sorry, without the notes this week, I will occasionally Google something. Um, Gardner Minshew, Mike Lennon will compete to start a QB this week. That was earlier today. Um, so it's either going to be Minshew or Glennon. I hope it's Minshew uh, for my bet's sake, even though he played bad last week. Uh, but the Bears' defense is really just an average defense. They're not that good this year when you look at their statistics. So plus 7.5, too many points. I will take the underdog at home in that one. If it was under 7, I would probably take the Bears, but no way, shape, or form can I back the Bears to cover over a touchdown spread with how bad they are. I will... I recognize they've played better the past few weeks, but I will not concede that they're actually good offense. Give me Jaguars, plus 7.5, minus 110. Browns, minus 9.5 versus Jets. Do I need to say anything else about this game? I don't care. The Jets beat the Rams last week. That was an outlier game. Um, shouldn't have probably had, well, it definitely shouldn't have happened, but, I mean, this doesn't mean that the Jets are actually a good team. Browns, one of the best offenses in the NFL recently. Baker Mayfield is absolutely rolling. Uh, they should be able to run the ball all over the Jets, who can't really stop the run very well. I will take Browns, minus 9.5. Don't need to say anything else about that one. I will never bet against the Jets again this season. It's only two more games, but regardless, won't bet on them. Uh, Colts-Steelers. Uh, so this is a game I've been looking at all day. Like, I haven't been looking at it all day. I've done two radio interviews already uh, today, so I know... Um, I've already talked about most of these games, and this is a game where I, I even in the radio interviews, I didn't commit to his side because I don't know. And right up until this second, I still don't know. So let's figure it out together. Colts minus one and a half are on the road against the Steelers. What are the Steelers? Are the Steelers the team we've seen the past three weeks, or are they the team that we see saw the first 11 games? Now, when they were 11-0, I went on Twitter, I made a video, I said they were the worst 11-0 team in NFL history, I bet it on Washington Moneyline. I cashed it. I felt like a super genius. And then the next two games after that, I bet on the Steelers and looked like a fucking moron. Bet on them against the Bills. They got killed. Bet on them against the Bengals. They didn't, let alone win. They didn't cover, or let alone cover. They didn't win. Let They didn't cover. 
They didn't win, let alone cover, is the words I'm trying to speak. Um, so what do we do? Totals at 44.5. Do you go under because the Steelers' offense has been so bad? Meanwhile, the Steelers' defense has still been pretty good. Colts' defense has been fine. Fuck. I don't know. I'm going Colts. I can't I can't bet on the Steelers for the third week in the row and watch them shit the bet on offense. Although I also don't want to overreact to the last three games either. Shit. I'm going Colts. I'm going Colts. I'm going Colts minus one and a half. I hate it though. Minus one ten. I hate it. I hate it. Go flip a coin for that game. Uh Broncos Chargers. I will take the Chargers minus one oh five at home. Uh, I would set this line at minus three and a half if it was in Denver, but it's in LA, so I'll take the Chargers at home. Uh, Broncos offense just absolutely stinks. The best thing, or the best thing to beat way to beat the Chargers is run the ball. The Broncos don't really run the ball very well. Uh, Drew Locke stinks most times. Uh, Justin Herbert tosses the ball very well. They're like sixth in passing yards per game so far this season. So I'll go ahead and lay the points with Chargers minus three and a half at home, and the juice on that one's minus one oh five. Rams Seahawks. This was the third pick I had on guys and bets today, so you guys already know it. I'm on Rams plus 105 in that one. Not overreacting to the Jets games. Like I've said, outlier games happen. You can't overvalue them. Did the Rams look terrible? Yes, but that does not mean that they are a bad football team. They still have the best defense in the league, best passing defense, first and opponent passing yards per game, first and opponent yards per pass them, first and opponent yards per completion. Uh, they're like fourth in sack percentage while the Seahawks are like fourth last in QB sacked percentage. So they should be able to beat, uh, uh, pressure Russell Wilson already beat the Seahawks handedly earlier in the season. Uh, people are overreacting to the Jets loss. I hope Jared Goff doesn't look like, uh, a JV quarterback again this week. I'll take the Rams. I got them a plus one Oh five earlier today before guys and bets. That's my pick for that one. Eagles. This might be my f- best bet of the week. Actually, you know what? I am going to take it as my best bet bet of the week in Capper Cup. Minus two over the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, I've talked about uh, my thoughts on the Eagles uh, lately. All season, I've been saying they need to run the ball more often. They're very effective at running the ball. Right now, they're second in yards per carry at 5.1. I'm going noteless, by the way. This is fucking off my brain and just looking at these stats every day. I know they're second in yards per carry at 5.1 per rush. Um, and I know the Cowboys are tied with the Texans in opponent yards per carry. They allow five point yards per carry. Holy shit. I'm like a fucking computer. I got no notes and I'm just rattling off stats. <laughs> um, this is my life. I just look at numbers all day. Uh, so Eagles finally, now that Jalen hurts is their starting quarterback. They're finally starting to run the ball more often when Carson Wentz was their quarterback. They're still averaging five yards per carry. Uh, but they ran the ball at the second fewest amount of times per game. Why? I don't know. I don't know why Doug Peterson needed Carson Wentz to throw the ball so much. They should have just started running the ball. Now that Carson Wentz or now that Jalen hurts is their quarterback, they're running the ball more often. They've been effective the past two weeks, even though they lost to the Cardinals last week, their offense looked heads and shoulders, above the offense behind Carson Wentz uh, and the Cowboys can't stop the run. So I think the, the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball all over the Cowboys. Plus the Eagles defense has been very good this season. They're a top 10 defensive unit. They should cause issues for Andy Dalton because they're especially good at stopping the pass. Eagles minus two, my best bet of the week. Titans Packers, very tough game to call. I'm very excited for, to watch this game just as a uh, sports fan, as an NFL fan. Because it's a very, very interesting matchup. They're actually, these two teams are actually, I think, second and fourth in yards per game this season right now. Second and third, or maybe first and third in points per game. 
this season. Titans offense has been very, 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 very good. Um, I actually do want to look up one stat. I apologize, but I do want to look up to see how the Packers rank in stopping the run. Cause off the top of my head, I don't remember. I know everyone's shits on them for not being able to stop the run, but if my memory serves me right, they're like average. Uh, so let's look opponent rushing yards per game. Uh, opponent rushing yards per carry Packers are 21st. They allow 4.5 yards per carry. So below average, but they're still not terrible at stopping the run. Uh, so you think that would favor the Titans, but the big outliers, the Titans defense, Titans defense is one of the worst in the league right now. I think bottom five or bottom seven like that, something like that. Most, uh, statistics Packers defense is around average. So what I'm, I'm actually going to do is I'm betting on the over big number. It's at 56, but these, like I've said, these offenses are absolutely exploding this season. Uh, and then the Titans defense stinks and the Packers defense is like below average. So, um, I think it's going to be a lot of points. I did bet on the over 55 between the Lions and Packers, but then and it, they hardly punted, but their drives just took so long and milked so much clock. So I hope that's not the case. I need a couple of quick scores at least, but regardless, it's my favorite bet in the game because uh, I don't like the three-point spread. Because, uh, I, I mean, I, I can see the Titans showing up to Lambeau just pounding Derrick Henry down their throat and winning that way. So I'm just going to go ahead and take the over 56. And then Monday Night Football, Bills, Patriots, Bills minus seven. No brainer. Bills minus seven, minus 105 against the Patriots. Uh, Bills throw the ball, uh, I think, the sixth most times in the NFL per game. Patriots are 26th, I believe, in opponent passing yards per attempt. Uh, they're not a good pass defense. Uh, Patriots offense has been an absolute shambles recently. Um, yeah, seven. It's right on that mark of seven, uh, which scares me a little bit. I wish I could get it below, but I'll take the Bills minus seven. I've bet against them too often recently. I'm not going to make the same mistake again. They are hitting their stride at the right time. Bills minus seven, minus 105. Running games don't have lines out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Three games don't have lines out. Something I should have looked at before I started recording. I'm sorry, it's Christmas. Let me look at Bet Online to see if they have games that Bovada does not. Colts, Steelers, Bears, Jaguars. Oh, Giants, Ravens. Okay, I'm going to have to lock this bet in on Bet Online instead because they have odds up and Bovada doesn't. Shit. And now I'm kind of going backwards and out of order. But I'll take Ravens minus 11. Uh, Giants offense, I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball at all against the Ravens defense, especially the Ravens pass defense. Uh, and Giants uh, have been good at stopping the run. Uh, but I don't know. I think the Ravens are actually getting a little bit hot recently as well. So big spread, but I'll take Ravens minus 11. I think a lot of people are going to be on the Giants because people love the Giants this year for, I don't know what reason, because they're not good. Um, Panthers, Washington football team. Another one I'm going to have to put on bet online. Washington football team's a favorite. I don't trust the Washington offense. And I think Teddy Bridgewater can do something against his Washington defense. I'm going to take the Panthers plus one and a half. Yep, I'll take Panthers plus one and a half in that one against Washington. Panthers' defense sucks, but Washington's offense I just don't trust, even though they've now cashed for me three weeks in a row. I'm going against them this week. I don't know. I I like Teddy Covers too much. I like Teddy Bridgewater too much. I think he can score enough against this Washington defense to win. I don't, I just don't trust Dwayne Haskins in that Washington offense. It's tough. It's tough. Even against the shitty Seahawks defense, they barely scored last week. Just enough to cover. What was the final score? 21-15 or something like that? 
Seahawks. Yeah, 2015. Yeah, so. And now they're a favorite. I don't know if Washington should be a favorite against Carolina. I'll t- I'm, t- I'm taking the Panthers plus one and a half. And then there's one other game I'm missing. Um, and I don't see it on this list either. So there you go. Those are bets for 15 games. Let me see if I can figure out. Uh, and I'm betting these. By the way, if you just think I'm firing at the hip and just putting out random picks, I will be placing my money on these. Uh, and I will see how much of a fuck up me not actually writing notes for the podcast and going through game in- individually uh, is going to fuck me. It might. But I guarantee you I will be putting my money on this. Um, Bronco, no, I did that one, did that one, did that one, did that one. No, I think that's right, so maybe I miscounted here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I bet online. What, what game am I fucking missing? Colts, Steelers, Falcons, Chiefs, Bears, Jaguars. Oh, Bengals, Texans. Is there no line out for Bengals, Texans? Bengals. Not a bet on. Why isn't there a line up for Bengals, Texans? Does who's starting a quarterback really matter for the Bengals? Is, is there some issue going on with the Texans or Bengals here? Let me. Uh, maybe there's news I missed. Texans. Just Googling Texans. Uh, Texans. <laughs> Texans interested in former Bengals coach Marvin Lewis. Don't do it. Former Bengals coach Marvin Lewis expected to interview for Texans head coach job. Oh, poor Deshaun Watson. If I was Deshaun Watson, if they hired Marvin Lewis, I would demand a a trade so quickly it would make your head spin. Uh, but I don't know why there's not a line out for that game. So I'm going to have to tweet that, that, that pick out Sunday. So I apologize. There's no line out at my two books for Texans Bengals, but I've given you my other 15 NFL picks for week 16. I've given you my two picks for, to start off the college basketball season. That's all I got for you today. Uh, this episode has been long enough enough. It's been a shit show of an episode. I hope it was entertaining though. Um, let me know what you guys think. By the way, email baconbetspodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments about the show, um, been a while since I plugged that email address. It's baconbetspodcast at gmail.com. Donate to the show if you want. Donate link in the description below. You can donate through PayPal. Don't feel like you have to. Don't feel like you should. Uh, but the option's there. If you've enjoyed my content, uh, at the very least, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. All right, I'm sick of hearing my own voice. That's it for the NFL Week 16 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. One week to go after that. We're almost at the finish line. And then new things, big things, are in store for the Bacon Bets podcast starting in 2021. Happy holiday. Wait, will I talk to you again before the new year? When will, yes, I will, because next week, uh, Wednesday's the 30th. So I will talk to you on the 30th. I love you all. Best of luck this weekend. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.